Hey, so before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that today, the 17th of February, enrollment is now open for Elevate Intensive. So Elevate Intensive is a program that I ran last year, and it's a six-week business mindset program designed to take you from stuck to unstoppable. So we help you shift all the fears that are keeping you stuck. We change your mindset and help you elevate the results in your business. Some of the results that some of the women saw last year were being able to have the confidence to sell themselves and charge what they were worth and finally ask what they wanted and not feel guilty about it. They stopped avoiding any uncomfortable actions that they knew would actually accelerate their growth and started to reach out for opportunities like booking their first speaking gig. They started expressing themselves confidently and authentically. They started owning who they were and what they were worth and what they had to offer. They started manifesting more money, more opportunities, and more clients. They learned to be super strong and confident in their version of themselves and start to go after the results that they wanted to see in their business, started to become consistent in showing up in their business and up-leveling their results. It was an incredible group of women that came together and are still supporting each other throughout their business journeys. So if this is something you feel called to be a part of, you can head to my website at christinecorcoran.com.au slash elevate. Otherwise, check out the link in the show notes and let's get into the episode. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to uplevel your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to my guest today, who is a beautiful friend of mine and epic business babe, the beautiful Bay Bradfield. Bay is a business growth strategist and sales coach, and we're going to be talking all things sales today. Bay helps entrepreneurs to make more money in their business by helping them implement lead generating strategies, creating sales processes to then turn those leads into paying customers to accelerate the growth of their business. She is passionate about the psychology of sales and debunking the myth that you need to be pushy, awkward, or salesy when it comes to selling your services. Bay helps her clients to overcome their fear of selling and teaches modern sales techniques that focus on results. Today, our conversation dives into understanding what it is that you actually sell, how to become confident in sales, overcoming any sales myths and being able to empower yourself to sell your services with confidence, why most people struggle with dealing with objections, what stalls people from taking their business to the next level, understanding the psychology of sales in the world in 2020 and how to stop losing sales opportunities. Let's dive into Uplevel Your Sales with Bay Bradfield. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Bay. I'm so excited to jump into this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure. And I know that we've had so many great chats about sales that I just cannot wait for my listeners to hear this because I know that you are always, always so open with so much of how you share and how you gift so many people with so much valuable information to be able to take it and run with it and really excel in their business. So I'm really, really grateful that you're willing to, to do that today. Thank you. So to get started, I would love for you to introduce yourself and just let us know how it is that you became to become a growth strategist and to support people in sales. Yeah. So I, my sales journey started 
really early. My background is a hairdresser and although it is hairdressing, we were always being told by our manager that we need to sell more retail. And I was at a point where I was like, well, I'm a hairdresser. I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. So I actually never sold retail. Like I was okay when I had to, but really at the end of the day, I'd do anything to avoid it. And then my next job was actually a sales, a sales role. I don't know why I didn't think that I wouldn't be great at it when I didn't want to sell retail in the salon, but I went into a sales role and, um, in my early twenties, and this was back in the day before Instagram was kind of a business tool and it was just going in cold in business, um, and hoping to get someone's attention and make sales. I actually didn't know what I was doing. I just used to go in there and hope for the best. A lot of the time I didn't get the answers or the results I wanted. And I continued on with um, sales and got some in-house company training and really understood that there's actually a process to follow and skills that, you know, help you. And, you know, if you follow the process, then that's where you gain the results. So I guess that's where I went into sales but I also took an education role, which was to help the sales team. And this is where I really understood the difference between taking someone through a process so that they are ready to buy rather than selling to them. So my job really was to get someone to a point that they were ready to buy. And then the salesperson literally just had to come in and take the order for the products. And because I wasn't even able in that role to actually take the sale and I realized how powerful that was and the psychology behind it. And I had a lot of in-house training at that company and others. And I guess, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And then going into my own business, realized sales help so many businesses that that's really what I wanted to focus on from everything that I'd learned over the years. And especially from coming from not being so good at it to be able to actually say, do you know what? I was never really good at it either. You just got to learn the steps and then you can be good at it as well. Mm. So yeah, that's a little bit about my journey. Awesome. And I think, you know, it goes to show as well. Like I know being a hairdresser, a lot of people have, um, you don't think that that's necessarily a really high end position, but you know what? You learn a lot as a hairdresser and even just being able to build really good rapport and getting to know someone and before actually recommending what it is that you sell is a really important part of the sales process, right? Mm, absolutely. And it's also knowing people like a lot of what I teach is based around psychology and, you know, I've studied lots of different things around psychology and how the brain works and how we make decisions since. Um, but that was my key understanding of actually what people think and believe is why they do anything in life. And that includes sales. So it was a really good understanding to, yeah, get to know people and also know that people are so different, which means we also have to sell to different people differently as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to know, what are the main challenges people come to you with? A lot of people come to me with the challenge that they're putting themselves out there. Maybe they're on social media, maybe they're getting inquiry calls and they're just not converting. So they're doing a lot of work, but they're not really getting much in return. So they might be making a little bit of money, but based on psychology, there's actually statistically 3% of people who are ready to buy. So unfortunately, a lot of people are basing their business around that 3% because you don't really even need sales skills for those 3% because they are literally ready to buy. You could say anything and they are yes. And it comes down to those other people, going back to that, that also has an expiry on it as well, that those people kind of run out unless you're building your audience quicker than 
you kind of need clients, I guess. But they mostly come to me because they've realized that yes, they are getting a few yeses here and there, but it's actually not sustainable for their business. Mm. They're not really sure how to ask for the sale. They're not sure. Um, They get a lot of people kind of have money objections or kind of let them know and then start ghosting them. And also the fear around sales as well. Mm, Yeah, that's huge. But I would imagine that when you share that, that, you know, the first 3% of people who are ready to buy are there ready to buy, like that's 97% of people aren't ready to buy. And so that must be really sobering for people to have that awareness to go, hang on a minute, like there is so much that I'm missing out on. Absolutely. And I think it's just this thought that, and it actually breaks my heart a little bit because people will be like, oh no, my sales are good. And then they start realizing that those people were already a yes. So when they need their sales skills for people who aren't in that 3%, they can't convert them. And because it takes a completely different psychology skills processes to be able to, you know, talk to that different person's buying behavior. But yeah, there's so much untouched business. Like, Honestly, a lot of the time, you know, I'll use one of my clients as an example. She was a year in business and she um, was on social media all the time. And she just was posting all the time. She was on video and she was got a lot of engagement, but she wasn't converting. So she thought, if I just keep growing my audience, I'll get more clients. And she was earning about $2,000 a month in her business and we changed her sales process and in nine day launch, she made $25,000 in sales by no more audience. She just stopped focusing. I mean, she still captured the 3%, but she started capturing the other types of buyers that were in her audience. How can you go from $2,000 a month to $25,000 in nine days? And that's what you know, speaking to those different consumers actually looks like for somebody. And I guess it must be such a relief for clients to come to you and then start to learn those skills and start to go, there's so much that I was missing out on. And I guess it would also then take away a lot of the fear when it comes to selling as well. Absolutely. I always show it as like, okay, well, if you're only tapping into 3%, you're not following up on people who haven't converted. You're not using this strategy. You don't even know how to overcome objections and you're nervous about it. Imagine if you did like, you know, there's so much opportunity there. And I think when my clients start to see that, they actually realize that they were kind of really playing small in their business of what, just what they know. Mm. So where do you think we should go from here? Like there's so much that we can just tap into just from that three minute conversation. So what do you think is the main first thing that you cover off with your clients? Do you go through like getting them clear on what it is that they actually are selling or looking at those opportunities that are lost? First off, really getting them comfortable with selling as well. So a lot of people think that it's sales is salesy, but It's not. It can come from a really heart-centered place. And I think when you know psychology and understand that um, you can really turn sales into serving. So we start there and then we go into, um, I guess, getting really, really clear on what you're selling. Mm. And I love how you talk about that and how it's about getting clear on what you're actually selling. Because a lot of the time we're selling what we sell, not the outcome that we're selling. Yeah, absolutely. I think just like you said, it's a lot of people like, I offer this and this, and this is the inclusion, but no one buys that. They buy, you know, who are they going to be? 
as a person at the end of this? What is the outcome for them at the end of this? What will be possible for them that's never been possible for them before at the end of this or as a result of what you're offering? And there's a lot of reasons why we tap into that. But the main is that people don't really care how you get them there. It is the result that they're looking for. Mm. But not only that, the feeling of that outcome as well. So something that I always ask my clients is a couple of questions is what is the outcome of what you're offering and how will they feel as a result? And if you write down even all the inclusions that are a part of your packages or what you offer, write down why, like, why are they important? Why did you put them in there? And, you know, what is the outcome of those and how will they feel by having that? Mm. And that's really getting into the mindset of the buyer, right? It's really understanding how they feel about it, why it's important to them and the impact it's going to make. And I think that like, I like to use the analogy around like play the whole movie out, that if they're working with you for a certain period of time, like it's not just about the specifics they're getting in this session right here, right now. It's the outcome that that's going to going to create, which is exactly what you're saying, right? And I like to think about it like play that movie out from the day they start working with you right through to the end of the time they work with you, but then also the long-term results that that's going to create for them in their lives because that's what people are actually buying and the, and the emotion that they're trying to achieve by achieving that result, right? Totally. And the thing is as well, and especially women struggle with this, is our clients will tell us the result that we create for them. They'll say, oh my God, I'm so happy you, you, you know, I got this, you know, or this happened to me, or I feel like this and it's all because of you. Thank you so much. But as women, we struggle to receive mm. and sometimes we're getting what we are selling from like our previous clients are telling us exactly what the outcome is, but we're actually not really sitting and stopping and receiving that information in. So it might even be hard to think, okay, what is the outcome? But if you just listen to a couple of your clients and really received, you know, what they're saying and taking it on board and mm. then yeah, it'll, it'll speak heaps to you. Do you also find that a lot of women really struggle to be able to sell themselves? Yeah, absolutely. And it comes down to a lot of owning your worth, which I know you talk so much about. And I think, well, actually a couple of things as well. They find, you know, asking for the sale really hard um, because as women, we're so focused on giving rather than taking. Mm. Um, and it can sometimes feel really icky around that. But I really like to restructure that and think, okay, well, actually at the end of the day, we are giving as a sale, like, you know, within the sales process as well. When we look at what are they going to receive rather than what we're, we're receiving, like, I think a lot of the time we're so focused on, okay, if I give this, they're going to pay me money. And because women aren't so great at receiving money, <laughs> compliments, receiving anything, anything, <laughs> it's just one of those things that it's like, oh, okay, block comes up, you know, if we focus more on what are they going to get out of it as a result, how is this going to change their life? How is it going to change their circumstances? We actually come from a place of giving rather than, I mean, the money just happens, you know, mm, if you byproduct. yeah, absolutely. If you don't focus on it, I always get excited uh, about my clients. I don't think about more so what this money is going to do. It's more about, you know, what are they going to receive out of this? Mm, love that. Love that. So when it comes to helping clients deal with objections, I know it's one of those key things that we fear like that 
in, in any form of sales process, we worry about what the response is going to be. And so we put ourselves out there and we actually say, this is what I have to offer. Would you like to purchase it? And then clients have certain objections. And I know that some of those objections are keys, like things like people don't have the money to be able to afford what it is that I sell. How would you help someone overcome that challenge? Yeah. So firstly, I'll just say something that one of my mentors says, and he says, an objection is only an objection if they bring it up. If you bring it up, it's a conversation. And that's how you should always think about objections. We actually don't want to shy away from them. We want to bring them up. We want to have a conversation about it because if if you're um, you know talking to potential clients on the phone and they've got objections in their head, then they're going to get off the phone and then justify why their objections are bigger than the reason why they should work with you. So... Firstly, it's about identifying what are the objections and it's not just the ones that you get because if your um, potential clients on the phone are saying things like, I'll let you know, I'll start in June, let me think about it, that's also objections. So it just means that they're thinking about the objection in their head, but they just haven't told you about it. So we want to really understand like what could be somebody's objection and you can do market research for this you can ask people you know if you were ever to work with a coach what would you worry about you know um and then you then want to work out i mean it's such a it's objections is like bigger than ben her like it's about knowing how to tell stories through your sales process how to overcome them through the sales process and be able to actually Um, have that conversation so going back to the one about people can't afford it that could come down to a few things so it might actually be that you haven't been able to communicate the value of what you're selling because when value outweighs price price is relevant if price outweighs value um, then you've got an objection so it's like okay well you said it's a thousand dollars and they see because of what you've said or um, what is within the product, they see a value at 500, then there's going to be a price objection. But if you know how to communicate what you're selling, then you could actually, you know, put the value on it at 2000. And then when they say 1000, they're like, oh, hell yes, I'll (laughs) take that. So it's such perception. It does take a skill to be able to add that value. But another thing to remember is um, sometimes it's, us thinking that you know somebody can't afford it which i know you talk a lot about as well and that's your own money beliefs that's not theirs and you know being able to be aware of the fact that we're placing that judgment on another person when you don't know their priorities yeah absolutely and i always think if you're in if you can make yourself or your services in their top priorities they will actually drop something out of their priorities to be able to afford you and that works with everything um you know, it might be that they, you know, shop at Aldi instead of Coles in, you know, for a month and they'll be able to afford, you know, the service or whatever it might be. It might be. They don't you know, buy another outfit this month. <laughs> exactly. Shopping that gym membership or Netflix membership. And, you know, that people will always find a way and people have the money. It's just how do you sit in that top priority? Um, but when it comes to objection, it's about having the confidence to bring it up. Yeah, awesome. Can I throw a couple of objections at you and yeah. see? I'd love your response and just to share with us how you would help a client handle that. Yep. Let's start with I've got to ask my husband. Yeah, so so if you offer something that 
most people do need to ask their husband about and you know that this is a regular thing just say it's got something to do with birthing or pregnancy or family care or home life or whatever that is then it's really about overcoming the objection before they say that so you could start before going into the phone call saying okay so before we start I just wanted to ask is there anyone else that you need to speak to about your decision today or about what we're going to discuss or is it really up to you to make the decision on whether you move forward and by opening with that if their husband needs to know then they're going to bring it up at that point and that's like that could be 30 seconds into the conversation so you've not even started the conversation because then you can present your sales process or sales call in a way that it gets to a point that you know they're not the decision maker or the the only decision maker yeah yeah cool awesome um, okay, so when someone says that I'll, I'll have to let you know, can I get back to you? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing is to acknowledge it and just say, yeah, of course, absolutely, you can let me know. Take some time to think about it. But is there anything that you are hesitating about or hesitating about, I should say? And by asking that question, they will actually tell you what's the real on their objection. Mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's not being pushy. And this is as well, this goes into a little bit of like advanced sales mastery on tonality and how we use our voice to make somebody feel something. We can use a tone of curiosity, just like I did, of saying, Yeah, absolutely. Take some time to think about it. I want you to make the best decision for you. But is there anything that you're hesitating about? So it creates that um, curiosity rather than going, okay, well, what are you going to think about? That's such a different thing, right? For sure. And a lot of the time at that point, don't be pushy. Again, all you're trying to do is extract information. We're never trying to convince someone ever. So a lot of the time they might, it might be the money. And then let's say, As an example, they're like, look, it's a little bit out of my budget. I just need to work out my finances. And then what we do is then you can kind of unpack that price. So let's just say they have their own business. How many of your services would pay for that? How many clients would you need to pay for that? And they might say two. Great. So it's only two clients to be able to pay itself Mm. off. And then they start to talk themselves into the fact that it's not that much money anyway. So... Mm. That's a really good one. And I think we also need to be aware that, you know, if clients are coming to you needing your services, then guiding them through that is actually of service to them. Because I think sometimes we can be mindful of that. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be, you know, convincing someone to work with me. And that's not at all what I hear that you're saying. But I just want to want to bring that up because I think sometimes we can be hesitant to question those objections and to be able to go into the objections into that depth. But I think that we need to be mindful of that. If they're coming to already, they have the problem. And if you can solve it, then we need to be able to guide them through that process and know that that's the best decision for them. But also be absolutely within integrity. And if if you know that you cannot solve their problem or if you know they're not the right fit for what it is that you're selling, then you're doing a disservice by actually convincing them into buying, right? Mm, Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like when you are selling, you need to make yourself a promise that you're only going to sell to people that you can actually serve because then when you – and actually what I find is the people that I do say that I'm not the best fit for them, maybe they need marketing or something instead – they actually become advocates for your business. They start Mm. telling everybody about you because they're like, I'm so glad you didn't sign me up just because you wanted a new client. Yeah. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up 
in terms of it not being pushy. And in terms of psychology around that, there's two types of people. Some people actually want to make decisions themselves and other people want people to make decisions for them. And that's why we ask that question because, you know, I'm sure you know somebody and, um, and you know, they, they deep down they know what they want to do, but they ask you whether they should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, isn't it? But there's actually people who um, are like that, that actually need somebody to lead their decisions versus other people. You could tell them to do something and they're like, okay, I'm listening, but I'm going to make my own decision anyway. Mm. Right. By asking that question, it's not pushy. It's actually what they need mm. from when you think about psychology, those people want you to talk it out with them to help them mm. make a decision. It's crazy, but we're losing those people who are actually coming to us and we're only allowing the people to make their own decision where those people really, and if you think about in your own life, those people are in your own life in, mm. in lots of different things and it's not being pushy. It's actually helping somebody the way they need to make a decision to best suit them. Mm, absolutely. And I think I like how a couple of different things there. So I like how you talk about waiting for the permission or gaining the permission to actually sell, but then being mindful that it's, if you are serving and you're coming from a true place of service, then that is a service. It's not that you're, you're convincing them to say yes. It's that you're actually doing them a service. Yeah, absolutely. And I talk a lot about that in terms of the sales process is we break it down into steps and kind of segment it out that we're actually not moving on until we've got permission to move on. And that's not saying, do we have permission to move on? It's just saying it might be, um, let's say we're, we're setting the agenda at the start and it could be, okay, great. So in the next 30 minutes, what we're going to do is this, this, and this. At the end, if I feel like I can help you, then we can talk about packages or coaching options is that okay with you so then we've got permission we move on then we ask them okay great so what you've said is this and i know you want this instead is that right yes then we talk about packages i mean i'm skipping a lot yeah <laughs> i'm 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 just kind of breaking down the permi the permission side of things and then we go into packages and we talk about our package without our price but again we get permission mm. is that everything that you feel you are looking for because it can often, yes. so often jump so much of it that we go from someone gets on a call with you or, or it's in person or wherever it is that you're doing a sales process and it's like, oh, hey, I was interested thinking about doing something like that and then we go straight into selling mm. right? and there's, no, there's actually no permission for you to be able to sell. Absolutely. I teach for my level one sales call that I teach, uh, it's seven steps and you actually don't talk to step until step six because it's actually about them. Like when you realize that sale has nothing to do with you, you realize that you should be doing less talking and more question asking mm. because you want to know what is the best outcome for them? How can I serve them the best? And really all you're doing is um, gathering information so that then you can present the perfect outcome for them, which is your presentation of your service. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, Honestly, the best part or my favorite part about talking to potential clients is the opportunity to get to know them so well, to be able to understand their challenges, their struggles, what's holding them back. So when I do have the opportunity to say, hey, this is how we could work together, there is so much clarity around exactly what they're going to get out of it. And I think that that's something that people forget and they go straight to the sale without the element of 
really getting to know who it is that they're actually going to offer their services to. Mm. And from a psychology perspective, we actually need them to go through that. We actually need them, you know, within our brain, when we say something out aloud, we're actually self-acknowledging it as well. So the reason why we're asking questions is because they're saying out aloud, what are their current problems, which makes them real? Mm. What do they want instead? Asking, you know, testing their commitment on why now? Why, why do you want a different outcome now? And when they say it out loud, I always say you end up getting to the part where you're presenting your offer and you're never selling to them. They are like, it's, it's, I call it the flip. And they're like, okay, so just tell me what, how I can work with you. Mm. Because they've said it out loud, which means it's they're like, yeah, I need that. Yeah, yes. I need that. <laughs> they're actually selling to themselves. Yeah. It's so weird. Like I, I taught this in my workshop last week and one of the workshop attendees said, oh my God, I used your sales call process and I didn't talk for 25 minutes. And then after 25 minutes, she just said, okay, cool. So what's your packages and which one would be best for me? And I'm like, <laughs> what? You know, because they, they sell to themselves by saying it out loud. Mm. They... Uh, acknowledge their own need for what you have to offer. And if you allow them that space, it's not only making it about them, but it's also from the psychology perspective. Mm. And so speaking about the psychology of sales, is there anything that you're starting to see now that we're into 2020? What are the key things that we need to be aware of when it comes to the psychology of sales or consumers now? Yeah, so... There's different types of consumers and it's really about speaking to all of them. But I think the main thing is that we are smarter than ever before. Marketing and sales used to be something that we didn't really understand and it happened to us and we kind of, it it worked, yeah? And now marketing and sales is so known and we're almost got a resistance around it already. So, um... I call it the high bullshit meter. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's such a good good name for it. Because it's like, how much resistance does somebody have to buying before you can even talk about what it is you're offering? Mm. So I actually think that moving into 2020 and beyond, it's about, and this is why I love um, teaching sales from a psychology perspective there's a lot of you know business coaches that that teach sales and it's amazing but when you understand the psychology you're above human intelligence because people know sales tactics now Mm. they know the countdown timer they know the urgency they know you know all of the The scarcity right add scarcity talk about pain points all of these things but when you understand the psychology we're above human intelligence currently So, yeah, I guess it's talking into that space, but I think also there's a bigger, the percentage of people who are consuming content prior to making a decision is increasing, which means that even in the last couple of years, you might have noticed that people would download freebies a lot more years ago. Mm. They don't so much anymore, or the conversion on the, you know, the opt-in isn't working as much as it is. And again, that's because our intelligence has gone up on what this is. So it's really about nailing that language, understanding how you're talking to, you know, the emotional side of the brain and the logical side of the brain and how to capture them in because, you know, it's all well and good to have a freebie, but we want people to, to download it. But then we also want them to take action, which I see a lot of people struggle with. And it's because we know, we know what's going to happen when you sign up to a landing page, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we hesitate because we've got that resistance firstly. So it's like, 
how do we lower that resistance first before we try and take someone through the process? So I think that resistance is going to increase as the years go on. Mm. And so speaking about that in regards to like trying to gain more leads, you're noticing that like even just the, like you were saying before earlier, where you have clients that are just posting on social media and not actually getting the leads. What's your support when it comes to that? It's a lot of the time asking a lot of people don't ask or want to take them through to the next step. Um, But it's also understanding what do they want? What's valuable to them to take the next step in the language around that. I actually believe that language is bigger than ever at the moment. It's just how we phrase things can change everything, Mm. you know? So why would people get on the wait list? Why would people um, sign up for that freebie rather than it just being like, oh, I have this thing. What is it for them? And really diving deeper into that, I would mm. say. Yeah, because it can be very surface level, I guess. And a lot of people, like I was even talking to a client about this the other day around like staying too surface level and being too scared to actually get to the nitty gritty and actually talk about what's really going on for your clients and being able to be confident enough to do that and even set yourself as an outlier or speak to those challenging areas that people aren't even talking about that really gets to that point where people are like, yes, I need it. I need exactly what you're selling. Yeah, absolutely. And I also believe that, I mean, we all have 1 million downloadable checklists that we've downloaded in the past, right? I also think it needs to be something a little bit more of value now because Mm. like a lot of people like, oh, I'll just chuck this this in as a freebie. No, like I feel like we're walking into a world that that has to be a piece of your best stuff because why, how does it stand out from everybody else's? So being able to show your expertise in a different way. So it's not just another free download. It's actually going to get somebody result before they've ever invested with you mm. because that's what we're not really in. We're never in the educational game. We're in the transformation game. So it's not about here, this download will give you, give you these tips. It's, which is educating them. How does it transform them, their life, their business, whatever it is you're helping them with before they invest with you? Because if they're like, Oh my God, I got this off an email for free. Imagine if I paid for that. Mm. Mm. Awesome. 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 So, in your experience with helping helping to support people take their businesses to the next level, what do you feel are some of the biggest things that people struggle with when it comes to sales and it comes to elevating their business? Hmm. I would probably say, this is a tough one because there's so many, but I would probably say in terms of sales, it would be running their business like a small business. And that's all well and good when you get started and stuff like that, but We've got to remember businesses know their numbers. Businesses have sales processes. You know, the CEOs know what's happening in their business. People have sales skills. They know how to market themselves. They've got an incredible mindset. So I believe that what people get stuck with in term, like in sales as well, is they're running from a small business space. Like if I start with a new client and I say, great, so how much is your monthly revenue? How much of that is profit? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, how don't you know that? That's really important information mm. because our numbers determine everything that we do. And then also, you know, knowing your numbers. Okay, so 
How many people did you put this out to? How many opted into your freebie? Of that freebie, how many opened the email? Then from the email, how many got on the phone? Then from the phone, how many converted? So what is your conversion rate? And I think that some people think, oh my God, this is just too much to think about. But I want you to ask yourself, how big do you want your business to be? And I want you to think about a business that is that size. And I want you to ask yourself, do you think that they would know those numbers for their business? Because I guarantee they would. Mm. So without kind of going in, like, I feel like people um, get stuck when they don't treat their business like a business and they're kind of just doing all the things. Yeah. But our numbers really do determine everything that mm, we do for sure for sure so i'd love to know what's what's a lesson that you've had to learn in regards to taking your business to the next level mindset has been huge getting a mentor has been huge i have invested ever since i started my business i've invested in mentor after mentor after mentor um coach you know because i think sometimes when we are especially before we start building team i know you know before i started building my team that it's really you. It's up to you to get things done. And, you know, if you've got somebody there that you've told your goals to and your dreams to, and you're not doing it, I don't know about you, but I feel like a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, remember when I said that and now I haven't even tried. And having that person there, not only to learn skills from, but also to just support you and back you and be like, you have got this. Like, and I think as well, like having an expansive mindset, I know currently I'm within a 12 month business development program and you know, it's for six figure businesses to go to seven figures. And then they also have a program for seven figure businesses to go to eight figures. And I'm sitting in there with these business owners just thinking, oh my God, if you can do it, I can do it. And I think that, yeah, so it's a combination of everything. It's learn the skills, get yourself a coach or mentor, work on your mindset and surround yourself with people who are at that next level. Because if you only know people around you in startup phase or, you know, the phase that you're at in your business right now, you don't really see what else is possible. But when you're around those people and do you know what? Sometimes you have to pay to play. Like Mm. I paid so much money to be in this course. Like, and it's, it is a pay to play kind of game. Mm. And, but you know, the, the benefit from that has been huge just for someone to be like, you said you want to go big, let's go big. And that's what we do, you know, with our clients. So absolutely. And I think it's so fascinating when you do start to realize that you've been thinking small And you start to then expand what you think is possible and you start to think about even just like the next level action of what it would take to get to that next stage. Like you sometimes don't even realize that you are playing small. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think obviously this is what we do with our clients. We help them up level so that they can grow their business. But, you know, I'm a coach myself. We also need it. We also need coaches. (laughs) Like, I don't know. If you are a coach, you can't coach yourself. But um, yeah, it, it's a huge thing to be able to have that access to somebody mm. that's out of your business. And that's always been the biggest yeah, game. Fresh set of me. eyes, see things differently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm probably the same with your clients. Like I know when I um, start working with clients, I think it's the same thing for them. It's like this energetic up level as well, because mm. it's like, oh my God. I've made all this money. Like, oh my God, I've got this new level of confidence. Like it's like a, it's an absolute game changer. So, or even just the element of investing in yourself and backing yourself and be like, if I'm going to put money into this, I've got to make it worthwhile and I've got to go 
you know, next level. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that would probably be where I see a lot of people kind of get stuck from mm. not growing is they stay stagnant, stay stagnant. They're scared to invest. Like sometimes you just have to take a step back to take 10 forward. Mm. And, um, I've seen that in my own business, I've seen that in my client's business and yeah, having surrounding yourself with those really mind expansive people mm. because like you truly can do everything and anything that you want. You just have to take the action and have the skills, have the mindset, and you've got it. Mm, absolutely. What's a what's a mindset shift that you've had to have to be able to grow your business? Hmm. I would probably say yeah. So I'd probably say two. Actually, I um, have the type of mentality, or I did, I should say, of hustle, hustle, hustle. Keep going. Work hard do all the work and as a result I actually neglected my health a lot of the time and that's as easy as you know I pretty much ordered Uber Eats all the time I didn't cook I didn't go to the gym I wasn't looking after myself I wasn't sleeping well and that was huge for me in changing my mindset to um, I actually have an affirmation up in my shower at the moment saying the more time I devote to feeling good the outcome or the result is abundant because I have to remind myself that, you know, it's actually sometimes when we take that time to go to the gym, when we take that time to look after ourselves, that our business actually goes from there as well. And then the second thing that I would say would be doing a session actually with yourself on values and understanding what my values were in my business. I was running my business hundred percent online. So to begin with, when I started my business, I'd go and meet clients at cafes and I could spend hours with them. It was really nice. And my business just grew to a point that I just didn't have the time. You know, I went from doing one session a day with clients to having five or six sessions a day that, you know, it was a Zoom meeting. I didn't have travel time in between and my business ended up being hundred percent online. And I realized through having a conversation with you that my biggest value is connection. You know, it's really important to me to have that connection with my clients and and also community as well. Um, That, yeah, and it took the littlest change. Like I started doing in-person workshops and, you know, I put on a, a monthly brunch, which is not about business. It's just about connection where we just meet and have a beautiful brunch together and we talk about life and health and bit of business and all the things, but it's just so nice. And I think that, um, yeah, that has been a huge thing for me because I was like, you know, got to have that online business, laptop business, you know, this is how I can fit most into my day. And that's it. And being able to listen to not listen to everybody else tell you how you should run your business and actually start to decide what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a huge game changer. And now I still have all of my clients on zoom. Like I don't have the capacity to, be able to go and see my clients face to face and they are also international so you know I'll only be able to see the Brisbane ones but like at least I can bring it into other areas of my business yeah awesome beautiful and is there anything else that you've learned about yourself throughout the journey of your business I would say that it's that constant belief in myself that's going to drive me forward I also have learned a lot about how I work Um, So I am building team. I have a small team currently. And it's funny because like I always say, my assistant keeps me accountable um, because I actually need somebody there to 
kind of get me out of my own head and just be like, hey, you haven't sent me this anymore. And that's just the type of person that I am, that I just focus on what I'm great at and sometimes the rest gets ignored, but the rest is so important. Um, so it's really about understanding like who I am as a person, how I work best, and then being able to delegate out from that would probably be a huge thing for me. You're a lifestyle entrepreneur. <laughs> I am a lifestyle entrepreneur. Like I just see my future that I'm coaching clients. I'm doing workshops. I am speaking at events. I'm doing podcasts like this with you and the rest my team are looking after. And I'm really grateful because I've actually already started that in my business mm. now. So, And that also then builds connection, right? When you've got a team Absolutely. to work with. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. So what are you excited about for in 2020? 2020, I think, oh my God, I'm so excited for this year. Like, I don't know if everyone else is having such a good year already, but 2020 is going to be a really big game changer. And like I said, for me, it's really stepping into that role of more of the coach and the educator and the trainer and, you know, getting out and speaking in events. Also, I've got a group mentoring program that I'm launching, Up Level and Accelerate, and it's all about sales. So how to convert your audience into paying clients, how to follow up so that you're not double texting. I always say when you've been ghosted and all the things like literally, how are you going to go from people not knowing you at all to becoming high paying clients? So that's what I'm really excited about stepping more into that role and spending more time in that education piece um, because I want to help more people. I've got a really big impact goal this year of how many people I want to help. And, you know, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Mm, amazing. And what are you going to do to take things next level for yourself? Hmm. I'd probably say continue to build my team. So by, I mean, we're a team of three now. And I think I'm hoping by the end of this month, it will be a team of five. But um, yeah, it's continued, continuing to add into the team. Um, so that I can just step into that space that I want to be at, that I thrive in. Um, because I'm not the greatest person at doing all the things. So, yeah. All the operational things, you mean? A hundred percent. Like, all the little back-end mm. stuff messing around in the systems is not my jam. So, that's where I'm probably going to up-level is actually hiring people um, who have skills in places that I don't have. Mm. Which is another up-level thought, like mindset when it comes to it, right? It's actually knowing your genius, knowing what you're great at and knowing how to outsource and knowing how to get the right people on your team and developing this to that next level. So that's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today. Where do you spend the most time on, online that people can come and find you? I'm always on Instagram. So come and be friends and also don't be shy. Like I literally, I told you I thrive off connection. Send me a DM <laughs> and say that you are listening. I will literally love that. Um, I want to know, like, you know, it's hard when you're I've noticed the more podcast interviews and speaking events when you're talking to people rather than in workshops, you never know who's listening. And I always go, oh, I just wish I knew who was listening and, you know, if it made an impact for them. So jump on over to Instagram at Bay Bradfield and yeah, introduce yourself. Say hello. I'd love to, to meet you. And we'd love it if you could screenshot the episode that you're listening and tag us in it and let us know what your main takeaway was. But I want to say a huge thank you for jumping on the podcast with me today and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. 
And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.